This is the Maimonides Minute on JewishCoffeeHouse.com. Now, here's Rabbi Scott Kahn. Welcome back to the Maimonides Minute. Today's shiur is sponsored in honor of Chava Bas Pesya. We continue with Hilchot Chameitzu Matzah, Perak Bet Halacha Yudalef. Shnei Tziburim, two piles, Echad Chameitz Vechad Matzah, one of which is Chameitz and the other one of which is Matzah. Ushnei Batim, two houses, Echad Baduk Vechad Sheno Baduk, one already having been checked for Chameitz and the other one still unchecked for Chameitz. Uva Ushnei Achbarim, two mice come, Zenat Hal Chameitz Vezenat Hal Matzah, one takes from the Chameitz pile, the other one takes from the Matzah pile. It's unknown which house the mouse that took the chametz went into. Similarly, two houses, both of which have been checked, and one pile of chametz outside the house. A mouse comes and takes from the chametz pile. It's unknown which house the mouse went into. Or it's known that it went into one of the houses. And a person follows the mouse, but can't find any chametz. Or he goes in and he finds a piece of chametz in that house. In all of these cases, one does not need to do a second full because this is not a case of kavua. Last time in Halacha Yud, we talked about the concept of kavua. We said anything that's kavua, which means the safek, the doubt about something, arises in its original spot. Meaning, for example, if there are two piles, one chametz and one matzah, we don't know which pile it was taken from. In that case, we say, kol kavua kamechsa al mechsa. Any case of kavua, even if the majority is like one or the other, we have to assume it's 50-50, and in a do'oraita like this, a Torah law, we have to be machmir and assume that it's chametz. In all these cases, the safek does not arise in the pile. The safek arises once the piece of chametz has left the pile. The question is, where does it go? In all these cases, because it's not a case of kavua, the laws of kavua don't apply. It's not 50-50, and rather other rules for being bevararin the safek to clarify what we do with the safek come into play. Accordingly, in all of these cases, where it is not kavua, we can assume that the house that was checked is still okay. Halacha yud bet. If one put chametz in a certain corner of a house that was already checked, and he finds it in a different corner, or, for example, in his checked house, he placed nine pieces of chala, but he finds ten. Or, for example, there were nine piles of matzah and one of chametz outside a checked house. And one loaf of either matzah or chametz left these ten piles, and one does not know if it came from the nine piles of matzah or from the one pile of chametz. This, again, is a case of kavua. A mouse comes and it takes this piece of bread of unknown quality and he goes into a checked house. Or a mouse comes and takes chametz, known chametz, and it's unclear whether he went into this house or not. This is a different situation. All of these cases one cannot assume that the house is okay. In all of these situations, one must check the house for chametz. Halacha yud gimel. A mouse goes into a house and it has chametz in its mouth. And the mouse leaves, or a mouse leaves that house, and it has chametz in its mouth. Omrin, we can say, 
The same mouse that went in is the same mouse that went out. We don't have to check, assuming that it was a different mouse. If the mouse that went in with chametz is black, and the mouse that comes out with chametz is white, you must check again. A mouse goes in with chametz in its mouth, and a weasel comes out and it's carrying chametz, you have to check again. You can't assume that the weasel took the chametz from the mouse and this is the same chametz. Rather, you have to assume or at least question, whether the chametz may still be in the house. If the weasel comes out of the house, after a mouse had gone in with chametz, and in the weasel's mouth is that mouse, or a mouse, with chametz in its mouth, in that situation you do not have to check. Because this original chametz that went in with the mouse, is the same chametz that's now in the mouth of the mouse that's being carried out by the weasel. If a snake goes into a hole in the house and it had bread in its mouth, one is not required to hire a snake catcher to take it out. One can assume that the snake ate the bread and one can also do bitul and therefore be done with it. Halacha Yudalid. Kazayit chametz bishmei korah. A kazayit of chametz that's on a beam on the ceiling. We require a person to bring a ladder, to bring it down, and to get that chametz out of that beam on the ceiling. Because sometimes it will fall off of the beam. On the other hand, if chametz was in a hole in the house, one does not have to go down into this pit, this hole that's in the floor of the house, in order to bring the chametz up. Rather, he can be mvatil in his heart, and that's enough. The difference is that if something is in a hole in the bottom of the house, in the basement, in the pit of some sort, it's not going to come up on its own. Unlike, however, chametz that's on a beam above you, which may theoretically fall down. A clump of leaven that has been appointed as a seat. In other words, it was used essentially as a type of clay rather than as food, and one is using it as a chair. If one has covered it up with plaster, the chametz has been batel, you're allowed to keep it over Pesach. It no longer is food, and therefore it's okay. If you have remnants of dough in a kneading trough, in its cracks, if in a single spot there is a kezayit, you must destroy it. If, however, there is no one spot with a kezayit of chametz, a kezayit being enough to make the person over on if those bits of less than kezayit dough are being used to hold different pieces of the kneading trough together or to plug up a hole in the kneading trough, it is not counted because it's so small, it is used as a type of glue and is therefore not considered food and one does not have to get rid of it because it's less than a kezayit. Vimlav, if, however, one does not use those pieces in order to hold the kneading trough together, rather it's just small pieces of dough that are on it, chayav levair, one must get rid of it even though it's less than a kezayit in one place. If in the kneading trough one has two half kezayits in two different places, and they're connected by a small thread of dough. Is it considered one kezayit, in which case one would have to get rid of it, or two half kezayits, in which case one does not? Roin, the way one checks is we see. 
In any case, if you take the thread of dough, both the pieces of dough will come along with it. It's considered one piece and one must destroy it. If when you take the thread in between the two pieces of dough, it will break and the two pieces do not come along with it, one does not have to destroy it. When is this true? That two half kezayits are determined by the thread in between them. Ba'areva, in a kneading trough. Avababait, however, in a house. Even though, if one picks up the thread in between the two half kezayits, they don't come along with it. One still must destroy both half kezayits. Because sometimes, one will gather both of them, in which case they will be joined together into a single kezayit. If one has half kezai in the house and one half in the aliyah. One has half a kezai in his house and one in a portico, not in the house itself. One has a half zait in his house and one half zait in an entryway house that's in front of the house. Since these half kezayits are attached on the walls, or on the beams, or on the ground, one is not required to destroy them. One can simply be mevatel them in his heart, and that's enough. One who rents a house on the 14th without having asked about whether it's been checked, one can assume that it has been checked for chametz if you're renting it on the 14th day of Nisan, Erev Pesach, and you do not have to ask the owner. If the person renting it out is known not to have checked it, and a woman or a katan says, the owner didn't check it, but we checked it, they may be believed. Because everybody is believed about the destruction of Chametz. And anyone is allowed to do it. Even women, slaves, and children. As long as the Katan, the minor, is old enough such that he has a mind and a mindset and the ability to check. So a Katan is allowed to be involved in B'dikat Chametz and do the B'dikat Chametz, but only if he's old enough to understand what he's doing. Someone who rents out a house to his friend. If before he gave him the key, it became the 14th. In other words, he gives them the key after the 14th has already begun. It is the job of the owner, who at the moment the 14th came in was still in possession of the house, to check the chametz himself. If, however, the 14th began after he gave him the key. It is up to the renter to check. In other words, whoever had the key when the 14th began must check for Hametz. One who rents a house on the assumption that it has already been checked, and yet the renter finds out later on that it was not actually checked. It is up to the renter to check. It's not considered a mekach ta'ut a mistaken sale that would invalidate the rental. Even in a place where one pays someone to check for chametz, and this house was not checked, and therefore he has to do it himself or pay someone to do it. 
Sharei mitzvah hu oseh. It's a mitzvah, and therefore he has to do it, and he cannot charge the original owner for the lack of dikat chametz, and he cannot invalidate the rental as a result. He must do it himself. Halacha yudtet. Hamifaresh bayam vayotei bashayara. One who goes off to sea or on a caravan. Toch shloshim yom. If it's within 30 days of Pesach, zakuk livdok. He's required to check his house for chametz. Kodem shloshim yom. If, however, it's before, 30 days before Pesach, in other words, before Purim, if he's planning to come back before Pesach, he has to check and then go, even though he'll be back before Pesach. Lest he come back, Erev Pesach, close to dark, and he won't have any chance to destroy the Chameitz anymore. If he does not have any intention of returning before Pesach, and it's more than 30 days before Pesach, he has no need to check for Chameitz. Similarly, one who's converting his house into a storeroom. If it's within 30 days before Pesach, he must check for chametz. And afterwards, he can use it as a storeroom. If, however, he's converting this building into an otsar, a storeroom, more than 30 days before Pesach, if he's planning to empty it out before Pesach, he still must check for the same reason said above. And afterwards, he can make it into a storeroom. However, if he has no intention of clearing it out before Pesach, meaning it's more than 30 days before Pesach, he's making it into a storeroom, and he does not plan to convert it back before Pesach, he has no need to check it for Chametz. That's all for now on the Maimonides Minute. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, please write to aliza at jewishcoffeehouse.com.